Good evening. It's good to see y'all. How are you? Anybody watch the championship game? They're going to have the dogs playing the frogs. We gather here in Jesus' name. His love is burning in our hearts like living flame. For through the loving Son, He Father makes us one. Come take the bread, come drink the wine, come share the Lord. No one is a stranger see the glory of our Lord and coming King. Now we anticipate the feast for which we may. Come take the bread, come drink the wine, come share the Lord. Let us pray. Our good and gracious Heavenly Father, this time of the year we are surrounded by people that aren't, aren't normally talking and thinking about your Son, Jesus Christ. And Father, it, it's good to, good to see and good to hear, and yet we know that many are, are still far away from you. And Lord, we pray that, that we can live our lives in such a way that we can draw others to follow him. Lord, please be with the ones who, um, who are suffering health problems tonight, especially mindful of Glenda, and I pray for Glenda and all of her family and for Tommy. I pray for their comfort. I pray for their hope and their faith and their trust in you and certainly help us to do what we can to, to help them. Lord, I pray for those who have lost loved ones this year, especially those who have lost loved ones more recently. Know that, that the holiday times can, can be especially challenging this, this first season that we spend without that loved one. Father, we pray that we can reach out to them and comfort them and that they can spend extra time meditating and thinking about your blessings and how you provide for us and learn to trust you in a, in a way that maybe they haven't for a while. Lord, please be with Mike as he brings our lesson tonight. We thank you for his gift and his giftedness and his spirit and his willingness to teach and preach and write and communicate your love to us in facets of your, your love and your revelation to us that sometimes we haven't considered before because of the insight that you give him. Lord, help him to communicate with us tonight and help us to, to be open and willing to, to understand and learn from him. Lord, we thank you so much for your son. We know that apart from him, we would have no no chance of a relationship with you. From our sincerest efforts and desires, we would still be completely alienated from you. Lord, we thank you that you loved us so much and that he loved you so much that he was willing to, to give his life for you, for us. So please help us to, to continue the remainder of this worship and that thought in mind and how much he loved us and how much in turn we can love him and love you and love each other. In Jesus' holy name we pray, amen.
Prepare our minds for the Lord's Supper. We'll sing, When My Love to Christ Grows Weak. When my love to Christ grows weak, when for deeper faith I see, then thought I go to thee, garden of Gethsemane. When my love for man grows weak, when for stronger faith I see, This, this is a beautiful day. This is a beautiful time of the year. So many people look forward to a new year. You know, everything's going to be different next year, starting tomorrow. You know, and, and everything's going to be everything's going to be great. But right now, we get to think about something that 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 happened that really did make a big change in our lives. Jesus came and died on the cross for us, and everything was new after that. There was no more old law. There was no more sacrificing animals. There was everyone was is able to to become a to become a follower of Christ, not just a certain group of, of or family that that's here. You know, they were called the Israelites, and they 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 thought they reigned for forever. But now everyone is is able to to come and, and be a Christian and and uh, follow Christ because of his sacrifice that, that he made. So at this time, we'd like to pray and, and thank. Shall we pray? Our God and our Father, we come before you now. We're so thankful. We're so thankful for Jesus. We're so thankful for the, the love that he showed, that he was willing to, 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 to lay down his life for us. We know, Father, that, that they did not take his life, but he gave it so that he could be perfect for us. Father, we're, we're thankful for all the changes that that one decision made. Now we can come straight to you for, for, for guidance. We can, come, we can all come straight to you to, to be a child of, a child of yours. We're, we're so thankful for this opportunity that we have, that we can take this Lord's Supper, and we're thankful for the, for the bread that represents his body. As we partake of it, Father, we pray that we can do so in a manner pleasing unto you. In Christ's holy name we pray, amen. Continuing in thanks, Father, we're thankful for the blood that was shed upon the cross, the pure, perfect blood that Jesus brought from heaven and was willing to, to share on earth with us. We, we, we know the, that the power of the blood continues to wash our sins away, Father, that, that, that is so strong. And this cup that we're partaking represents that blood. And, and we pray once again that we do so in a manner pleasing and acceptable unto you. In Christ's name again, amen.
Our Heavenly Father, we're thankful for all the blessings that we receive in this life. We're thankful for your love. We're thankful for your guidance. We're thankful that 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 you are able to to continue to sustain life on this planet and continue to take care of all of us, even though it's it's been so many years. Father, at this time, we we wish to return a portion of what you've given to us that it might be used to continue continue to spread your word. In Christ's name, we pray. Amen. Oh, to be like the blessed Redeemer, this is my constant longing and prayer. Forfeit all earth's treasures, Jesus, thy perfect likeness to wear. Oh, to be like thee, oh, to be like thee, blessed Redeemer, pure as thou art. Come in thy sweetness, come in thy fullness, Step thine own image deep on my heart. Oh, to be like thee, full of compassion, Loving, forgiving, tender and kind, Helping the helpless, cheering the fainting, Seeking the wandering sinner to find. Oh, to be like thee, oh, to be like thee, Blessed Redeemer, pure as thou art. Come in thy sweetness, come in thy fullness, Stamp thine own image deep on my heart. Oh, to be like thee, Lord, I am coming, now to receive the anointing divine. All that I am and have I am bringing, Lord, from this moment all shall be thine. Oh, to be like thee, oh, to be like thee, blessed Redeemer, pure as thou art. Come in thy sweetness, come in thy fullness, stamp thine own image deep on my heart. what I'm doing and what my plan is here tonight. Um, I don't know what line of demarcation there is between sermons and, and talking to you, but we'll see if I can find out. But I want to talk to you a little bit about resolutions. I've got three that I would kind of like you to ponder, and I'm not trying to force you to or suggest that you should have resolutions, um, but uh, this time of year a lot of people think about those. And and I'm sure a lot of us do have those. We kind of reevaluate some things about ourselves, about our lives, and, and, uh, and make them. And now I'm interested in spiritual stuff. So um, that's kind of where my context is tonight. But I know, came across some funny resolutions, and I figured I'd share them, a few of these with you. One was, I will no longer waste my time reliving the past. Instead... I will spend it worrying about the future. I will do no less laundry. I will do less laundry and use more deodorant. I will avoid taking a bath whenever possible and conserve more water. Uh, I remember Carol telling me about a patient she had at one point that uh, practiced that, that thing, that activity. Um, I will try to figure out why I really need nine email addresses. I resolve to work with neglected children, my own. Um, I will stop sending, and that's often very true, isn't it? Sometimes we get so busy with life and work and our own children sometimes get neglected as, as we maybe have others involved with coaching and teaching and so on. 
I will stop sending email, texting, and instant messages while being on the phone at the same time with the same person. I will think of a password other than password. Now this obviously comes from a, a fairly a little guy. I will not hang around girls. They think you love them and that's no good. And then uh, I will not ring the stewardess's button on airplanes just to get her phone number. So if you do that, please stop. All right. So resolutions. Basically, we kind of really all have them in some form or another, whether we kind of officially have a resolution at the beginning of a new year. There's things we do evaluate and, and decide that we want to want to uh, change in life. We want to accomplish a specific thing. We've got a goal. And we often have, a, and basically a resolution is just a firm decision uh, to do or not do something. And it's kind of a, and it's a quality of just being determined, going after something. Uh, the determination to change and accomplish something in our lives. Uh, and if you don't make them, again, that's fine. Uh, but I think some spiritual goals that we can set for ourselves is a really good thing. Um, I think that God wants us to evaluate who we are in relationship to Him and where we need to improve and have a little more Christ-likeness. Uh, last year, I know about this time, Cindy Foreman decided she was going to read the Bible all the way through this year. And I just saw on Facebook the other day, she did it. She was so proud of herself. And she's going to now, she's going to do it. But I think she's going to take a different tact. And there's some prayers she's going to do with that. Uh, but I'm real proud of Cindy. That's a pretty cool, cool feat she did. Uh, so there'll be three things I would like to share with you tonight. And uh, we'll just kind of take a look at those. But first, I wanted to look at a couple um, what I think are basically kind of resolutions that are in the Bible. You know, Daniel, basically they were taken in captivity and he was basically by the king. They had an official overlook him. Uh, they were taking some of the youngsters and bringing them up in the Chaldean way. And, uh, and so the king was going to give them the choices of foods and, and drink. And Daniel was like, well, I don't want any part of that. And as in the verse you can see, but Daniel made up his mind, so he got resolute, if you will, made up his mind, determined that he would not defile himself with the king's choice food or with, the, with wine which he drank. So he sought permission from the commander of the officials that he might not defile himself. Um, we see in Acts, um, basically Antioch is just taken off. It's growing rapidly. So they send uh, Barnabas there from the Jerusalem church. Uh, and this is kind of what he said. He said, the news about them reached the ears of the church in Jerusalem, and they sent Barnabas off to Antioch. Then when he arrived and witnessed the grace of God, he rejoiced and began to encourage them all with resolute heart to remain true to the Lord. For he was a good man and full of the Holy Spirit and faith, and considerable numbers were added to the church. So what Barnabas asked them to do was to have a, a resolute attitude to stay with the Lord, stay true to the Lord, uh, keep your faith up. Now, one of the things that, um, that kind of reminded me too was, you know, when Jesus, and he goes into the garden, and he's with, uh, you know, all of his apostles, and he takes a couple of them, a few of them with him, and then they stay and pray, are going to pray for him. And he goes off by himself and pray to God. And I think you remember that scene. And it, his prayer is so fervent, it says, that it drops of sweat are pouring off of him like blood. And, uh, and God sends an angel to him to strengthen him. Now, he's obviously asking, God, I'd like this cup to pass from me, but if it's your will, I'll, go, I'll do it. I'll still go to the cross, whatever you need me to do. But uh, obviously, he's starting to get concerned about it. Um, and there's probably multiple things he's concerned about. The separation from his father that occurs on the cross. The pain of it. You know, having to leave his, his uh, brothers and sisters that he has at this point, who he loves. Um, you know, he's praying, maybe we can let this cup pass right now. And God sends an angel to strengthen him. Now, we don't know what that angel did. They may actually gave him a message from God. 
that strengthened him. Uh, or like in the book of Daniel, we have where an angel actually comes to Daniel and he touches Daniel because Daniel's very weak at the moment. And Daniel's just strengthened up. We don't really know. But I tell you that story because from that point forward, there's no ambivalence in Jesus at all. He is resolute to go to the cross for us. And um, so we see that attitude that he had, even this determination that that was God's will and that's what he was going to do. Now, the first resolution I'd like you to think about, it involves a story of what we've been thinking a little bit about over this holiday season. And that is when Mary, when Gabriel came to Mary and he kind of greets her with, oh, favored one. And she's like, what in the world, you know? <laughs> what are you doing here? And he says, don't be scared. Uh, you know, God is, views you as a favored one. You're basically going to have the, the give birth to the Messiah. And she's like, well, how can this even happen? You know, I'm, I'm a virgin. And Gabriel says that, you know, you're going to, basically God's going to divinely intervene and you're going to become pregnant with the Son of God. And, uh, and then he goes on to say, for nothing will be impossible with God. And then Mary basically then says, behold, I am your bond slave. Let it be done to me as God's purposed. And so what I would like for you to consider is kind of what Mary has, has considered, and that's develop a servant's heart like Mary's. As the year comes along, you're going to have things come before you for, for you can serve somebody. And we need to see those opportunities. We need to have our eyes open. Um, one of the things that we talk about, in fact, I think it was in a, a prayer I heard this morning, someone used the, the term, be more like Christ. Um, actually, it was Brian uh, said that in his prayer. You can't be like Christ without being a servant. That's one of the things he came to show, show us and show us how to do. If you want the best way to, to corrupt the image of Christ that's being informed in you, don't serve. Okay? So we need to take opportunities. There's going to be opportunities to serve in various capacities. Might be the elders need this done, or, or it's just something you see. You know, you're, you build relations with, with people and you see things in their lives that you can do. Um, serving is basically you care enough about others to serve them. Uh, and sometimes in our culture, that's hard to do, isn't it? Because it's a little bit of a me first culture. Um, and Jesus basically, he demonstrated the care for others that the apostles should have in washing their feet, right? He even washed Judas's feet, who's going to betray him. And uh, didn't complain about him, didn't say anything bad about him. He actually washed his feet. If it was me, I might have took a Brillo pad and, you know, but, but you know, he just washed away on Judas's feet as well. Um, but, the, but after he was done with that and some of the teaching behind that, Jesus made this comment about it. He said, if you know these things, you're blessed if you do them. It's not just the knowledge of knowing you need to serve. It's practicing it and doing it and caring about others. You know, Jesus saw they came in there with a bunch of smelly feet and they didn't care enough about each other you know, to take care of one another. They were more concerned about themselves and didn't have the humility to do that. And Jesus is showing this is a good thing and we need to be doing. And one of the things about a servant's heart I'd like for you to notice is loving others produces serving. We're, we're to love one another, right? Jesus said, I give you a new commandment. Love one another. Well, and then what he then says is that's how, guess what? The world knows you're my disciples. So it's an action. It's not just words. It's an action that you do. And so loving others needs to produce serving. That's how they see that we love one another. Loving God is demonstrated in our service. You know, for us to turn our backs on those we love is basically turning our back on our God we talk about doing good deeds. Uh, in Ephesians 2.10, you've heard me 
talk about this verse a lot because I, I love it to death. But he's talking about for us who've been saved by grace. And he says, For we are a workmanship of God created in Christ Jesus for good deeds, which he's prepared beforehand for us to walk in him. What a remarkable purpose statement for the Christian that God's at work in us, creating us in Christ Jesus for the purpose of doing good works in the lives of other people. And he's putting them out there before us for us to do them. That's loving others. That's serving others. And we need to develop that servant's heart is kind of what I'm trying to get to. And so as we do these things, we serve because you care about others. You get to that point. It's not that you serve because it's a rule. Now, sometimes, to be honest, as with new Christians and stuff, we need to start somewhere, don't we? And we need to understand there's things we need to do as Christians, and you start somewhere. But we need to move on to where the serving others is a natural outflow of who we are deep down inside, that we care about one another and, and be, be sick. And we do something for her in that regard because, because we love her. We want to take care of her. Number two, another potential, potential resolution to think about. Um, is you remember the story about Jesus with the woman at the well, right? Do you remember what she was? Basically, she was what? A, a Samaritan, right? So... And she had later on in the conversation with Jesus, she actually asked the question, well, we worship in this mountain, you worship in that mountain, what, what do you think of all that? And, uh, and Jesus said, basically, you know, God's looking for true worshipers, and the time's going to come because God himself is spirit, but you're going to need to worship him in spirit and truth. Uh, and so... One of the things that I think we need to do when we come in here, and this is really important, folks. I hope you get this, and I hope you really think about this. We're to worship God when we come here. We're to worship Him. In fact, one of the, one of the lines you had in one of the songs, Chuck, talked about on the hill of Calvary I go. And... We need, when we're singing, it's so easy for us from rote memory just to sing this stuff because we know it, right? Because we've sung them for years and, all, and, we, and we don't engage our hearts. It's just some intellectual thing in us that we sing. That's not worship, folks. When we talk about worship in spirit and truth, it's, it's opening our heart before God. It's the passion that's in our heart for Him. It's the truth that lies behind that is we have a God, a holy God that loves us, that sent his son to us. And in such appreciation, and because of that, and because he's our creator, we worship him. And it's easy to slip into modes where we don't. One of the things I like to think of sometimes, and it helps me, is I go back and read some of the Psalms. Because the psalmist are remarkable in how they worship God and how they think of Him. And I just put three of them here. I'll read them to you real fast because I think it's good for us to, to think about God in these kind of ways. Come, let's worship and bow down. Let's bow down. Approach our God in our worship and humility. Let's kneel before the Lord, our Maker, for He is our God and we are the people of His pasture and the sheep of His hands. We're the sheep. You know, he's, he's the creator. He's the master. Praise the Lord. I will give thanks to the Lord with all my heart. That's the worshiping spirit. With all my heart uh, in the company of the upright and in the assembly. Um, so it's not something that's just casually that I'm doing intellectually here tonight. It's I'm gauging my heart. Incidentally, it involves both, right? I'm not saying it doesn't involve the mind, because it does. But we engage the heart as well. My lips will shout for joy when I sing praises to you. And my soul, which you have, which you have redeemed. I mean, God's redeemed us through Jesus. We're just, 
and given such remarkable uh, privileges because of what he's done. Um, in a time, we just kind of need to re-familiarize ourselves with kind of almost encountering God, if you will, uh, in times of worship. And we think about if we love our God, I mean, we're to love our God, right? With all our hearts, with all our might, with all our soul, with all our strength. Well, if we're going to love him like that, well, we need to worship him and it needs to throw out from love, that kind of love, doesn't it? Um, and so our songs, and again, I've kind of already mentioned something about the songs, but it needs to engage the heart. We need to sing these things worshipfully to him and need to think about that. Our, so our songs are coming out of these hearts. And, you know, as we put, put those words out, our prayers, Mike got up here and said a prayer tonight, right? Uh, and did you just listen to the prayer? I mean, I, we can fall into that trap. I'm not saying you did, but we can. We can fall into the trap where I just listen to the prayer. Oh, that's a beautiful prayer, Mike. You know, after it, and incidentally, I thank you for my prayer. That was actually very wonderful and very kind words. But we ought to be praying that prayer with Mike, coming from our hearts. I actually, a lot of times, I'll reword the prayer that my, like Mike would be saying. So it's my prayer to my God as Mike's leading me, if you will, and the things I should be praying about. But you can do what you want to do. I mean, it, you, you might just use Mike's exact words, but it, he's leading us in a prayer. The Lord's Supper, you know, COVID has done a horrible thing to us in one regards, and I know the eldership is kind of reevaluating a little bit how we're doing that, because when we pass the plates around the communion, uh, that there was a reflection time, right? And you saw where they added uh, a verse and a picture up there tonight, and this morning as well. It, incidentally, it's really kind of hard. This mic's not on, is it? Okay. I didn't want it to start squealing at me. You know, and you're sitting here and you say the prayer and then you stand here, you know, and, and you're quiet. And people need time to reflect and think about things. But, uh, and being up here and doing that, incidentally, you kind of start to panic. <laughs> you know, the people can panic. And, uh, and so they're trying to come up with ways to, to cue them to then go on to the next prayer. And I think you might have saw that tonight. Uh, and I commend, commend that. But we need to be doing that. I, one of the things that, and I, this, is, this is where I'm worse my, myself and at fault, is not always remembering. And I go through the years, a lot of times, I will, to the hill of Calvary I go, that's what I do. In fact, what I'll do a lot of times, I'll look up and imagine Calvary being right up there and Jesus hanging on the cross. And that's what I do. I'm not saying that's what you need to do, but that's what I do and how I remember things and what he did for me by doing that. And I'll be honest, there's been times where I would sit quietly and I'd start crying. It'd bring tears to my eyes. And I, and I think that's a good thing. And I'm not, I'm not trying to want you to be sitting there crying or anything, but I think it's good for us to engage our hearts in such a fashion with like in the Lord's Supper we don't want it to be just a matter of habit that we do it and not be some form of worship. Um, giving as well. It's a little different how we're doing it. Um, and this will take a little bit more effort on your part. But giving is a work of grace. And I don't know if you realize that God has designed you. He's designed you where when you give, especially when you give in a practical way, but even when you give money, and it, you, it can, God, you can release endorphins and hormones where you actually feel good about it and want to continue to do it. But the thing is, it's an opportunity for us to be developed as givers, not be something where we're trying to hold back and be selfish about stuff. It's a work of grace, and it's kind of important. And that's why in Churches of Christ through the years, we typically say that as a, as a form of worship. We purpose from the heart, right? Uh, sermons. Um, I, guess, I guess I'm doing a sermon, right? I've called it a talk. But 
I'm hoping that from this, that some of these things that you think about very deeply and you bring them in as matters of faith, um, right? Because we're talking about God's Word and God's Word should impact us, right? From a faith standpoint. Uh, and I hope that that happens. So I hope you though see in all these things, there's, the intellect is involved, but you're singing from the heart. You're praying from the heart. Your Lord's Supper's involving the heart. You're giving purpose from the heart. Sermons, you're taking into the heart, and hopefully God will work with that and change that, change us through His Spirit. Um, one of the things that I always like and I like thinking about too is when the throne room vision that Isaiah had of God on his throne in Isaiah 6, and he sees God there on his throne and he's surrounded by four seraphim and they have six wings and they're, they basically go tip to tip. And they say, you know, about God in that scene and says, and one called out to another and said, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of armies. I don't like that term there. It's really, I like the term host, but it could be translated either. The reason I like hosts is because God's the creator, we are the hosts. Um, and it's kind of, the angels are the hosts, the seraphim are the hosts, we are the hosts, God's creator. And that's what they're saying. And when they say it, holy, 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 that's the way they say, absent in Hebrew language, absolute holiness. They can't say it any more better than that. But holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And as they say this, they're saying this to one another. It's like what they call an antiphonal song. And the foundations of the thresholds are, are shaking with their voices and smokes filling the temple. Uh, just a remarkable, remarkable scene. And, and they do it I know I've read where some scholars thought, well, some of the angels, maybe the seraphim, they're designed that way by God, to honor God in worship that way. Well, I don't think that's the case. I think they can't help themselves. It's who God is, this holy God they're in front of and in his presence. And they've seen the things that he's done through the eons. They can't help but to worship him. They just can't help it. They're compelled to. It naturally flows. And it should naturally flow out of us too. And that's why we think about things of the Psalms and who God is and the things He's done. Uh, that's why one of the reasons I like to do that one. The third one and last one. Um, I started thinking about the different virtues and character traits. I was going to put a, one up there that I could figure, try to figure out every character trait I saw in the Bible, you know, and, uh, you know, kindness and love and patience and all those. And I finally then decided, no, I'm going to do one specific one. And maybe you'll catch on a little bit why I chose this one. But perseverance. Perseverance is the one I thought of that I wanted to make sure that I persevered. And perseverance kind of, it's the persistence in doing something despite difficulty or delay in achieving success. It's sometimes we might use the word, the Bible might use the word steadfastness or endurance. Uh, it is not synonymous with patience. Um, within our patience sometimes we need to persevere, okay? God doesn't want us to sit back on our laurels and have him do everything. He's expecting us to, to be involved and to do things, right? Um, so one of the things I thought of is a heart that perseveres. And it perseveres, we, we want to persevere through times of questioning and disbelief. There's going to be things sometimes that rock our faith, aren't they? And, uh, and we need to persevere through that. One of the reasons God, I believe, given us the church, and there's many reasons, but one of the reasons is when these kind of things happen, I can be in a good reinforcing environment to work through my questions. I can be around people like, like a Mike Shoemate who can guide me to think about some things maybe a little differently than I'm currently thinking about them so I can constructively deal with my questions and my faith. Um, we want to persevere through times of temptation and sin, right? 
All of us, that happens to us. We, we, we got some things deep inside us that, well, that aren't always Christ-like, right? And we get in certain situations that sometimes things come out and we're like, where in the world did that come from? But, you know, when those temptations come on us or even when we fall to those temptations and sin, we need to not let us, drag us our, away from our faith. Let us keep persevering. Push through that. Yes, we need to change. We need to repent. Uh, there's things we may need to do in our lives, but persevere through times of bad health. I mean, I'm one who's basically, that's been hard, you know, for the last couple of years, you know. Um, and I didn't really tell the church this, but I got a biopsy I got to go have done, you know, here right after the first of the year here. Uh, and it's not a skin cancer biopsy. And I'm just going to leave it at that right now. So I'll ask for prayers from, our, from you guys. Uh, my small group's aware of it. I explained it a little bit more to them. But we've dealt with that with Carol. You know, and there's just, there's been a lot of, I mean, for myself, and I'm not going to talk about too much about myself, but, you know, I, I hardly ever went to the doctor, doctor my whole life until about two years ago. You know, now I know so many doctors by name, it's just ridiculous. <laughs> you know, I'm getting tired of seeing them. Uh, and every time I go to one, I got to go to two more, you know, and it's like, oh, goodness gracious, alive, you know, and I'm, I'm getting older, you know, and it's just kind of the name of the game. But my point is, is don't let that impact your faith. Keep your eyes on Jesus and persevere through it. Um, and, and of anything I need, Sometimes we see like Abigail with David when David was ready to go kill Nabal and his whole household. Abigail brought God into the picture. And sometimes with people who are dealing with health problems, we need to help them see God and help let them walk beside him rather than walking beside the, the scariness of health issues. Through times of sorrow and disappointment, um, you know, we've had a number of people that have lost loved ones, uh, things that have happened in lives that they didn't think their lives were going to go a certain way. Again, those things can cause us to turn on our faith. And, uh, and we need to be able to persevere through those kind of times, um, through times of change. Our church in the last year and two going through change, our church is probably going to go through more change. Um, I, so sometimes we just need to do that. Our personal lives at our work, you're going to go through change. I hope you go through some change and becoming more like Jesus, right? Those are constructive things. But there's change that's going to happen. And sometimes we won't always like the change. But there might be a whole bunch of other people that do like the change. Sometimes we just need to persevere through those, keep our faith, keep our eyes on Jesus, and keep going, right? And through times of difficulty, life's just difficult sometimes. It can be financially difficult. And I could go on and on, but I'm going to quit with that one. But one of the things that I kind of wanted to mention was Peter does list this as kind of one of the progressive virtues that we should aspire to. And sometimes, and one thing I don't want you to forget, is we need to bring others alongside us as we persevere um, I had somebody just this last week, um, about a week ago actually, that they called and were in a panic. They just were in a panic. And, um, and I needed to, to help them and to help them through what they were facing. And, and it didn't involve just that phone call. It involved multiple times I needed over the next week to stay in touch with them to make sure that the fragility that was in their lives wasn't going to cause them, you know, more serious issues. And, um, and just because I cared about them. And so we can walk alongside each other and help each other persevere, right? We don't have to make that trip alone. And another, again, why we see God has given us the church, right? Um, we're in this together. We're not meant to be in this alone. Well... So the perseverance, I know Paul, in his class, he likes this verse, and I do too. But this is where the perseverance, what holds that up. 
And it's our trust in God and hope in God. And this verse kind of explains it. It says, make sure that your character is free from the love of money, being content with what you have. And this is now what I want you to focus in on. For he himself has said, I will never desert you, nor will I ever abandon you, so that we confidently say, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What will man do to me? So we got a God who walks along with us and cares about us uh, and will help sustain us through tough times. Uh, but we need to turn to him and allow him, allow him to be our helper, right? So there's three resolutions to ponder. Um, they may not be yours. Uh, they may be. I don't know. But something I wanted you to think about um, I know I've, I've caught myself, the one that really bothered me the personally the most was the, the worship stuff. I, I can catch myself getting lax sometimes sitting in the pew. And, uh, and, and Chuck, like it's never a problem. Like if there's something in a song that you see or Steve uh, where you say, see what this says here in this verse, in this song, and the deep meaning there, you know, think about that as you sing. Nothing's wrong with that. Now, please don't give a little sermonette up there because then you'll get me in trouble here. But, the, but, but that'll maybe take the audience's attention to that, uh, to what that song has to offer us and how let the worship help flow a little better. So I hope you kind of see where I'm coming from with some of this stuff and maybe it'll be helpful to you. It was actually helpful for, to me uh, preparing this. But if any of you all tonight, uh, if, you, if you have the need we do have a gracious God, a God who has sent his son for us, uh, a God who loves us and who's mindful of us and looked down at us mercifully knowing we could not take care of the sin problem on our own. And he did that, you know, through Jesus. And we have the opportunity to, that he's given to us to, to believe on his son, to confess him that he's our Lord, to repent from our past wrongdoings and then to, uh, to put him on in baptism. And then God puts in us his spirit. And when we talk about Christ-likeness, that's how it's going to happen over time as we continue amongst each other and serving and learning and praying. You've got a spirit inside you that's going to help transform you into that image of his son. Uh, and that's 2 Corinthians 3.18. And some of you all may tonight just have the need. There's some tough stuff going on in your life or some things you want to, to get right and maybe rededicate yourself in your walk that you now want to be resolute about something uh, where you weren't before. If you have those things you need to come forward, please come forward as we stand and sing.
Thank you, Mike. I'll highlight Mike's uh, three points, but uh, resolutions for New Year. Now, number one, have a servant's heart. Number two, truly worship God in our services. And number three, persevere. Uh, the changes that have happened, we, we can blame it on the pandemic, but the last three years, the things that we've seen that are different, the world that's changed, these are all things that will help. And um, I've talked to people with other types of churches and stuff around, and a lot of people have the same kind of thing, and I, I've blamed it on a it's all about me type thing that the world has gone into. And as we, if you focus on yourself, you won't serve. You won't worship God. You might go to church, but not in no worship, and you might not persevere in times that are tough. But these are things that are very key to making the church the church, the body of Christ. So please take those as resolutions to put into your life. Um, grab yourself a bulletin. Uh, I'll start out with the calendar. On Wednesday, the ladies' class is starting back, and they are going to meet at 11 o'clock. They're going to start study Abigail, and they're going to go out to eat afterwards. So if you're a lady and you're free on Wednesday, come on down for the ladies' class. I know that's a good thing. Anybody that I know that's involved with that appreciates it very much. On Thursday, it's senior game day, senior adult game day. They say they are focusing on two- and four-player games. So if you have heard the rumor that they stole a bunch of the peg games from Cracker Barrel, just X that out. They will not be playing peg games stolen from Cracker Barrel. It's two and four player games. It's all you can eat. Is it all you can eat subs or just make your own sub? Make your own. Make, make your own. It's a lot different, isn't it? Make your own sub. Not necessarily all you can eat. Huh? M-Y-O-S. Yeah. <laughs> make your own sandwich today. All right. Um, cane grinding on Saturday at the Noble's house. Uh, bring, a, bring a side dish. Bring a chair. It's always it's a good time. It's an old-fashioned thing. Uh, people want to know the bin. Really like it. Uh, the food pantry. The food pantry starts Friday. Friday, they're going to bag up canned goods. Uh, they got to do bread and pastries on Sunday. If you're looking for a place to serve, these are places. And next Monday, we'll be uh, helping the community. Uh, to help serve the people that we serve, we, uh, we're focusing on donations, that directed donations. They put... Uh, they give away about, about six bucks worth of bag, in each bag each, to each family. So uh, to fill those up, I mean, it's six bucks. It helps these people, and that's a big deal. Well, right now, and for January, we're focusing on trying to get 200 one-pound boxes of spaghetti, 200 cans, jars of spaghetti sauce. The small ones are really the key. But it's focused because those go in pretty much every bag, right? Or half the bags? Half the bags. So. Anyways, if you can bring in spaghetti or spaghetti sauce while you're thinking about it this month, wherever you're at, they seem to sell that stuff everywhere. So, um, Evangelism, uh, William talked about it this morning. He mentioned evangelism as prayer. We see that a lot. This is something that the elders have decided we're, we're trying to renew a focus on, sharing the good news outside of the orange carpet, outside of these walls, out into the community abroad. Um, you see, see that in certain things. We've had... Um, Chris Carter from the prison ministry here talked about the the, um, the mission work that's being done there. I have Barry Rosie's newsletter here. We keep the newsletters over here on the track rack. Uh, that's the work that's being done outside. Um, also, like Doug Gertis is starting a new life Bible class on Sunday mornings. It's for people who need to find Christ and maybe uh, need to be baptized, have a part of that in their life. It's a good study for that, but it's an evangelism type thing to grow. The World Bible School, we had the guy here, Mark McKee, a couple weeks ago. He's still got material back there. We have a renewed effort to help people find Christ. People sign up to know the gospel, to learn more about baptism. Uh, our North Brevard team right now has 35 students, 35 people that we're helping to get to that point. They're not here in Titusville. There are other places, but we're helping 35 people find Christ. So it's a, anyways, we're going to focus on that renewed, renewed evangelism there. Prayers, there's a list in the bulletin, but also I'd like to highlight the fact that Glenda, Glenda Massey had surgery yesterday, two surgeries to heal some internal bleeding. Uh, 
it seems like it's one thing after another with Glenda. So please remember her in prayer. Uh, I said this morning, I think of Glenda, I think of food, because she always brought like a pear cake, and she brought chicken salad, and she brought candy for the children's home. Uh, if you're eating, pray for her. That's a good time to think about Glenda. Um, Chad Duffy has double hernia surgery on Thursday, so pray for Chad, and pray that he will stay down and heal like he's supposed to, because it's hard to keep Chad down. Um, Michael O'Neill mentioned he's got a biopsy coming up, so pray for him. I know just the anxiety that goes with biopsies and stuff is tough. And uh, Chris Doris isn't feeling well either, so pray for Chris. He, otherwise, he would be here. We have cards, we've got thank you cards from the children's home party. Uh, these are from the social workers and stuff. Thanks so much for thinking of our staff at the Mount Dora Christian's home. I love the beautiful quilt and enjoyed the delicious cup of cocoa after the Christmas party. Uh, you have all blessed us so much through the years. Blessings to all. And one that says, thank you so much for all the love showed to the children and families in our programs. We're so thankful for all you do. Thank you for being in the hands and feet of Jesus. I know our children and families felt so loved, felt how loved they are. And we had a card from Sister Evans, Sharon Evans, thanking us for just a note to say how much my family and I appreciate your love and support during our time of bereavement when she lost her sister recently. I'm going to show a video for, uh, from Nicaragua, the men's prayer breakfast, collected a couple hundred dollars and sent down there for Christmas gifts. They blessed their congregation with those gifts. As you see in the video, it's toilet paper, it's shampoo, it's um, simple things like that. So that goes a long way. So I've never, never actually wished for toilet paper for Christmas, uh, but apparently this makes a big difference. So I'm thankful for the men's prayer breakfast who thought enough to have the heart to send that money down there and help out. Um, on Wednesday, we're going to have Bible study back here. We're still kind of negotiating who's going to teach. Um, so come if you can, and we will uh, see you then. Again, thanks to Mike and then Mike both for the sermons this morning and this afternoon. And uh, stay faithful until we meet again, and we'll see this video from Nicaragua. Amado hermano, agradecemos por el apoyo que siempre ha tenido a esta congregación. God bless you, lovely brothers. Um, we really appreciate all the uh, all the things that you always do for every one of us. Y deseamos que el Señor siempre lo bendiga. Buenas noches, hermanos, que el Señor me los bendiga. Agradecidos con ustedes, verdad, por esta hermosa canasta que estoy recibiendo en esta tarde. Este deseo para ustedes lo mejor y que el Señor les siga bendiciendo. Good evening, my brothers in Christ, and I really appreciate your support. I feel thankful with you, and I hope to in God that He always bless your life. Thank you so much. Buenas hermanos y gracias, verdad, por esta bendición que nos han dado. Que tengan una feliz Navidad. Blessing my brothers and priests, I really appreciate your support, your help for this bless that I have received today and happy Merry Christmas Eve. Thank you brothers for this blessing that you have sent to us and God bless your life. Gracias hermano por esta bendición que lo están mandando, que el Señor los bendiga. Thank you, brothers, for this blessing that you are sending to us. God bless you and happy Merry Christmas. Buenas noches, que el Señor los bendiga y los siga bendiciendo mucho. Me siento muy agradecida por recibir este regalo y que el Señor los siga fortaleciendo y que les dé salud y vida. Y gracias a todos por sus bendiciones. Good evening, my brothers and priests. I feel very thankful today for this blessing. I hope God continue blessing your life and He give you health, strength, and happy Merry Christmas. Gracias, hermano, por esta bendición. Esperando en Dios que Dios me lo bendiga y que pase bien esta feliz Navidad, hermano. Thank you, brothers, for this blessing. We always wait in God that He gives Him um, blessings to you, and we wish you a happy Merry Christmas. 
Gracias, hermano, por este video que lo ha mandado. Que Dios los bendiga. Amén. Thank you, brother, for this blessing that you have that you have sent to us. God bless you. Bendiciones, hermanos. Que Dios los bendiga y muchas gracias por la bendición que nos llegó. Thank you so much, my brothers. I really appreciate your support and for this blessing that we have received today. Thank you so much. Buenas noches, amados hermanos. Que Dios me les bendiga y gracias por esta bendición. Que Dios me les bendiga y feliz Navidad. Good evening, lovely brothers. Thank you so much for this blessing. God bless your life and blessings for you all. When upon life's pillows you are tempest-tossed When you are discouraged thinking all is lost Got your many blessings, name them one by one And it will Please pray with me. 
Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity to gather here both this morning and this evening to hear your word proclaimed. We thank you for the messages that Mike and Mike gave us. Father, help us to apply those to our lives. Help us to continue on that journey of spiritual transformation to be more and more like you. Father, give us the heart of a servant. Help us to indeed serve you. Father, help us to uh, be prepared to share your word with those we come in contact with, whether it be on our jobs and our recreational activities or wherever we might be. Whether it be through example or word, help us, Father, to spread your word. Father, we pray your blessings on Glenda. We know that she's very seriously ill and having a lot of problems, and we pray, Father, that you would help her to be well, help her to be able to return to the much-wanted health that she would desire. Father, we pray that you be with Shad as he has surgery coming up this week. Help that to go well and help him to recover quickly. Be with Mike and help him not to worry about his biopsy and help that to turn out good. Pray, Father, also for Chris Doris. Father, we pray that as we depart this place that you'd go with us, keep us safe, be with those of our number that are traveling, keep them safe and return them to us. We ask all this in Jesus' holy name. Amen.